0: Tour junkies welcome to the tour junkies fantasy golf and golf betting podcast this is the arnold palmer invitational 2019 from bay hill it's a great show tonight me and pat are going to have a big time cash theory hoopla argument uh, we're going to give you a couple super low scrubs if you're playing dfs chunk and run segments great tonight We're going to have a little story time about the last couple times me and Pat lost our cool a la Sergio and Bryson in an organized sporting event and got ejected. And then we're going to talk about the strategy around betting first-round leaders and the theory there as we hit our second 100-to-1 first-round leader bet of the year with Johnny Vegas Thursday at uh, PGA National. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. As always, the podcast is presented by our friends over at mybookie.ag. The golf offerings have expanded at mybookie.ag. You can now bet three balls, first-round leader, outright winners, head-to-head matchups, tournament matchups, uh, top 10s, top 20s, live betting after every round. MyBookie is expanding the golf offering. Go and sign up today. Use promo code TOURJUNKIES, all one word, all lowercase. Get your 50% deposit bonus join in on the action with us like i said since january we have hit a 60 to 1 winner and 200 to 1 first round leader winners you want to get in on this right now ride us while we're hot people ride us while we're hot mybookie.ag the best mobile site the best customer service easy easy decision head over there enjoy the podcast may your screens be green here you go What's up Golf Addicts? It is the Arnold Palmer Invitational Podcast. DB here. It's a fantastic, great, fantastic week. As, uh, you know, we got some green screens. We had some green, green screens for the Honda Classic. I got my boy Pat Perry. We're ready to give you all the goods that you need for the API. But we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. How you doing, Pat? How's it hanging over there in Savannah?
1: Well, you know, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Got me a, a nice little Tito's uh, with some club and a, a little splash of lime tonight. And uh, you know, it's it's now you know the sober February for what it was. I mean, it was great and all for not that I made it yeah. not that I made it the entire February, but uh, just just great to be back in the swing of things on the on the podcast and um, glad to see some green screens too. Especially for you, it was, it was a good week for you. Uh, I had my my week was. Uh, Better in the gambling front uh, on my bookie, but uh, you you did pretty well in DraftKings. So
0: yeah, I mean, you didn't even make it uh, halfway through February sober February. If if it were a leap year, I think would you do like 12 days? Is that how you made it? But you know, we're all glad you're back. I mean, we're, don't I get me wrong, it was I'm glad Tito's days. back.
1: Let's let's let's. I made it to Valentine's Day. <laughs> I made it to Valentine's Day.
0: Well, yeah, I think you had a drink on Valentine's Day. I don't know, maybe 13 days, 14 days. Okay, we'll give it to you. the The judges agreed. We'll give it to you. Um, we actually had a YouTube comment on a video a couple of weeks ago that I saw, and the guy was like making fun of me. He was like, "This guy's making fun of the dude drinking rosé, and he's drinking Tito's and soda." And I'm like, "Please, man. Like Tito's and soda is way more masculine than rosé. Just the name alone."
1: Yeah. What's wrong? Anyway, with that
0: glad to see you're back on the Tito's train. Um, it was a great week for both of us and our listeners as well. We had a wonderful week. We talked up Keith Mitchell on the podcast. We talked him up as a top 10 bet on the TJ after dark presented by DraftKings video. You're going to want to check that out this week again. Um, and yeah, I had a good week, finished second in the Pat Mayo experience open, which is a tough little contest, about 3,500 entries. So won me a little chunk of change there and, um, yeah, had some nice green screens. It felt really good to have a little sweat and and love to see Keith Mitchell win. I mean, he's been a guy that we have talked about for over a year now. I mean, we, we loved Keith Mitchell coming out of the web, and he's a Georgia boy. He's a bulldog. Um, so we, we've loved the dude for forever. I mean, it's there aren't many weeks where I don't have a little sample of Keith Mitchell. And for a guy like that, like a player that you really love, that you really enjoy, play, you know, playing, especially if they're really cheap on DraftKings, which normally Keith Mitchell is, you know, it's it's tough not to have him in your lineup, and I, I I would feel horrible if he gets the big win and I didn't have him. So I'm really grateful that after all this time grinding with uh, with Keith Mitchell, it finally paid off, and I got the W. Had him in a lot of lineups and, and tournament plays, and worked out really nicely, man. I, I felt like. You know, he hadn't been in great form, but getting him back on Bermuda, it just goes to show you how important the putting surfaces are uh, when you move West Coast Swing to Florida or, or, or whatever you're doing, Poana, Bermuda Bent. Um, there's just guys that feel so much more comfortable. And Keith's such a ball striker, right? Like, the guy's always a good ball striker. You know, his tournament life hangs in the balance of that of that putter. And so if, if he can have a good week putting, he can usually – played pretty well and so it was really cool to see and cool to see all the support he got to at the end um, it was a lot of fun to watch and, and a really fun Sunday I mean you had Kepka who charged Fowler who charged you know timeless VJ was making a move <laughs> VJ. Um, it was a it was a really fun uh, it was a really fun tournament I, I enjoyed the Honda Classic even though the
1: field was a little weaker than usual it turned out to be a really good tournament I think it was the best one we've had this year I, I, yeah I'm I mean in terms of like it. Sunday yeah. it was pretty good Man, I just—it's—it was good for. I, I gotta say, I did kind of want. Now I wouldn't have mind, minded Keith Mitchell in the playoff, but I wanted to see sort of Ricky Brooks going at it in a playoff. I thought that'd be kind of interesting for TV purposes. Oof. But I was also glad that that old old Keith uh, pulled it out. And and you know, he—that was not an easy putt he had at the end. That was pretty clutch. And you know, he's had some some chances where he's been up there and has sort of, uh, I think the nerves have gotten to him a little bit. So we, we might see a little more out of old Keith for the rest of the year now that he's got this first victory out, off, you know. Uh, uh, off. Yeah. So I think uh, I'm, I'm excited for him.
0: Yeah, definitely a good week. It was a reminder to me, too, like, that all it takes is one, if you're playing DFS, all it takes is one good lineup. If you're playing GPPs and you got a number of lineups out there, you know, it only takes one to really make your week. And so don't get discouraged. You know, fear not. There was a little carnage last week. I mean, you had some big names, missed the cut. Uh, a lot of them snuck in there at the plus two number. But you had some other, you had some other names just not do so well. So, um, you know, just keep grinding away. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun week. <coughs> ah, excuse me.
1: Um, <laughs> you're, when is the cough going to go away? When we're going to take – all right. You know what I'm, we talk about how Mike in June I don't, we talk about how like my bookie will will put bets out there for us <laughs> like we need to ask my bookie for odds <laughs> on when David's cough is gonna go away like is it will it you know June uh, June will probably be like forty to one I think well I've had it I've had it since like November I think and
0: normally it's gone and then it comes back you know like late March. Or, or April when the pollen hits, you know? Yeah. And then it hangs around for a minute, but now it's just, it's not leaving. It's not going anywhere. I guess I'm just 35 now and, you know,
1: stuff just hangs around. It's, never, yeah, I mean, is it's, so it's never going away. Is that, do we put odds on that? So, but then no, that you can't it'll complete go away. it. You know? it'll, it'll go. I, I think, I think June. I think June's a good, I think,
0: if, it, if I were betting, it'd be June. Okay. Um I'm
1: just, I'm getting sidetracked there, but I just couldn't resist.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking of my bookie, we both landed a very nice first round leader bet. It was great, man. I had a We both had some sweat on Thursday and we had some sweat on Sunday with Keith Mitchell. But we talked him up on the you talked him up on the podcast. I I was trying to write a first round leader article for tourjunkies.com on Wednesday and didn't have time. Work got crazy, so I just tweeted Wednesday night, here are the four guys I like for first round leader and why. And one of them was Johnny Vegas at a hundred to one on my bookie. You hopped on it. I hopped on it. We both hit the bet. He finishes six under all along, so we didn't have to split the pot or chop the plot. Uh, chop the pot. <coughs> and uh, yeah, it was awesome. I, was I had great. some other listeners jump on that as well. That was a really fun sweat. Johnny V, first round leader, and I gotta say. I got I got to pat myself on the back here because this is a DB pat yourself on the back episode. I I feel like because I had such a good week. That is now the second first round leader bet I've hit this year, and both of them were a hundred to one. Harold Varner the third a few weeks ago, Johnny Vegas. It's been a good betting year 2019 so far for DB, and that's not including the Xander Shaflay hit. At uh, sixty to one to win the tournament of Champions. so I, DB's having a good year over on my bookie. You are too, but you're not publishing your picks as much as I am.
1: Yeah, I guess I need to be, be more vocal. Now I will say this, and it brings up something: if you're if you're listening to the pod, especially like maybe when we get to these lower end plays that, that we like, like a Vegas, like when I throw them out for, uh, I think I, I had them as my under seven K. I picked two guys. Vegas was one of them. Really liked him this week. You know, sometimes maybe if you're not going to throw them in, in your lineup on DK, put him as a first-round leader or put him as, you know, a to-win bet It extremely high odds. You know, it, it sometimes I like to do that. And Vegas was a guy that I did play on DraftKings, but like you, I liked him as a first-round leader, so, so I threw him down there. And, and then I also uh, actually hit Keith Mitchell, but I hit him on Saturday night, so that's one thing I like to look at, too. Over on my bookie, is where what are the odds like for these guys? You know, going into Sunday, you got you know their position, you know what the weather might be looking like on Sunday. Maybe like a guy like Ryan Palmer, you probably could have gotten on ridiculous odds for him oh, to win yeah. and would have had a really good shot to win that bet on Sunday. Now, I got Keith Mitchell at seven to one. But you know, put a higher dollar, put put some more units on it than I normally do. As you, yeah, you put a big you you were you were unit flexing. Yeah, I you unit flexing the unit there. Hey, I was all about you know what, David, I pull for you. I wanted you to win some some good money, and so you mm-hmm. know what, if that's gonna happen, I got to pull for some Keith Mitchell. So I, I threw out the unit, I threw out the unit on him, and it it uh, it worked out well. Yeah, you laid out like an Any Given Sunday
0: unit on that bet right there. That's what you did for all those of you who are old enough to remember Any Given Sunday. Um, Funny story. I'm not going to go into it in detail. I remember like it was yesterday sitting in a movie theater at about 15 years old watching Any Given Sunday. That scene happens. For those of you who don't know, I'm not going to even say it. You can just look it up. That scene occurs, and two uh, African-American girls in front of me who were with dates literally in synchronization, without speaking to each other, stand up in the movie theater, scream, clap, and cheer when that happened. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> one of the funniest moments of my life. Anyway, yeah, you laid out like an any given Sunday bet on Mitchell at seven to one and cash that thing, man. So this is this it was a really good week for Team TJ. Hope you guys had good weeks as well. Uh, not so much a good week for the chalk bomb once again. So Ben you know, Ben's catching some heat there on the old chalk bomb. But the the you know, the stats are there, it makes sense. It just is it, ah, ah, it just is what it is. So but it otherwise pretty good in the chalk bomb. Very bad year for the chalk bomb, but Yeah, it's been rough. Um but we do what we do have going on right now is you can win two hundred and fifty dollars in masters swag straight from the Augusta National Pro Shop. Myself, Pat Perry, will be your personal shoppers taking your request of what you'd like out of the Masters Pro Shop come come April. And we'll walk in there, we'll buy that jank, and we'll ship it to you up to $250 in merch. And it costs you nothing except one or two things. All you got to do to be entered in the contest is go leave a iTunes review, hopefully five stars, leave an iTunes review on the Tour Junkies podcast, five stars, if you've already left one, you can go back and update it. Even if you left a five star review, you can update the comments, say, man, still loving these guys, except DB's kind of a tool, whatever you guys wanna do, uh, but just make it five stars. And then uh, the other thing you can do is go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Hit the YouTube channel, subscribe, Tour Junkies on YouTube, hit the subscribe button now, uh, we, we've got a few videos up. We've got some more stuff coming, including an interview with John Tillery that's going to come out on YouTube. It's going to be pretty fun. Uh, but for each one of those things you do, you get an entry, and we're going to pick a name out of all the iTunes reviews and all our YouTube subscribers, and that's going to be, be a good time. So you're definitely going to want to do those things to get in on that Masters giveaway. Now, also, Pat, a couple of other announcements. Uh, first of all, next week we will be at the Players' Championship on saturday and sunday and i am fired up about that and if any of you are going to be at the players championship we would love to uh we'd love to meet up man like you know we'd love to have a have a drink and share some take in some golf together and just have a grand old time there at tpc sawgrass we love that event so uh if anybody's going to be out there hit us up can't wait looking forward to anything else to add there i'm kind of moving around here pat
1: anything else yeah you play on the players you excited i i cannot wait to get out there Man, this this is gonna be my my maiden maiden trip to the players you've you've been oh yeah
0: that's right you didn't go
1: when i went yeah so i'm looking forward to it i hope a lot of the listeners are out there i want to meet some people yeah yeah i hear you
0: um it's going to be a good time. Uh, the players is always so much fun, and golf is just in a good spot right now. Um, last announcement I really have is the TJ Towels are in the shop, and they are magic. We've already had a few flying off the shelves here. We've gotten rave reviews from them so far. Really appreciate you guys who've already gone in there and bought those towels. These are fantastic towels if you play real golf. I mean, I guess if you don't play real golf, they're still pretty good towels. You know, I mean, you can use them around the house if you want. Um, you can wash your, but wash your they're, car, they're, things like that. Yeah, you can wash your car. Um, we basically went to Adam Hayes, caddy for John Rahm, been on the tour for 18 years, and said, Adam, if you could hand pick a towel for you to use on the PGA Tour, what would it be? What are the qualities it would have? And he said, no worries, I'll tell you exactly where to go to find it. I love this towel, it's called the Player's Towel. He hooked us up with the guy, we got it customized. It's in the shop, this towel is fantastic. Waffle pattern microfiber, which I never knew what that meant, until so I got the new TJ towel, and now it's changing my golf life. Waffle pattern, microfiber, holds up to 300 something pounds of 300 times its weight in water. Um, unbelievable towel, big size, tour size. You know, you wet ha- real real golfers. You wet half the towel, you keep the other t- half dry. You know, that's what you do when you're playing real golf out on the course. We're gonna be using these little washcloths that you guys put on your bags and all these. And you need microfiber, get in the grooves real good. That's what the Tour Junkies towel delivers. They are in the shop right now. I think they're like twenty-two bucks. It's a killer deal to rock the TJ towel. So get in there and do that. Um, Pat, are we about ready for the uh, we about ready for the course breakdown? Man, are we already there? Yeah, let's get there, man. I mean, the picks have been taking a little bit. So wow. um, actually. I will say this: I have been having some—I have been having s- some problems remembering my my passwords. Um, you and I have this problem with all of our tour junkie stuff because we set passwords and we don't tell each other about it, and then we forget what they are, and it's just very complicated. And you can imagine for a senior, near senior citizen like Pat, <laughs> it gets really, really frustrating yes. when you mm-hmm. know you don't. You, it's difficult to manage all the passwords and all that kind of stuff. So if you have trouble managing your passwords and logins, you probably get frustrated, uh, and you can think about you know how you feel in that moment. But here's a question: What if there were a single Bluetooth device that could help you take back your time by ensuring you never have to type another password? Well, we are proud to announce we have a new sponsor on the Tour Junkies. Every key is a Bluetooth key. It's very little. It's a little tiny thing that unlocks your devices: your laptop, your phone, your tablet whenever you're nearby, and it locks them back down again when you walk away. Soon it'll even unlock your car and your house. It also generates secure passwords for you, remembers your current passwords, logs you in automatically, and if you lose the every key, you can easily freeze it to make sure no one else can use it. So you don't have to waste time typing in passwords, forgetting passwords, texting your wife, honey, I can't remember the password how to get into this texting your tour junkies partner pat i can't remember how to get into this no more worries about hacks none of that stuff every key unlocks time peace of mind and all your passwords really proud to have this every key deal it's really cool it's actually very very cool you can put it on like your key ring i mean it's stupid small and you just keep it on you and you don't have to worry about it so you go to everykey.com and use promo code tourjunkies20 tourjunkies20 that's Junkies 20 to purchase every key, and you get guess what? How how much percentage off do you get, Pat? I'm gonna say twenty percent, David. Boom! Twenty percent off the every key. So go to everykey.com. Use that promo code Tour Junkies20. Get you an every key. Save all the password struggle. You know it's first world problems, but that's what we're here to solve, right? You know, I mean we're we're here to, we're here to win you first round leader bets and solve your password woes. That's what we're here to do. Do you think
1: Matt every uses every key? That's that's just stupid. That's just really stupid. <laughs> come on, it's Matt every week. Arnold Palmer Invitational. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to I'm gonna ask you to move on to the course breakdown. Oh come on! I oh, that was good. <laughs> it was okay. All right, so here we are at the Arnold Palmer Invitational in Orlando, Florida. Florida. Oh wow, Florida, Florida, wow! At uh, Bay Hill Club. Playing uh, just over 7,400 yards, par 72. Bermuda greens again. It's gonna stay the theme for a little while here, up until we get to uh, probably about Augusta. But uh, so we get out of the crappy Poana. Um Love these Bermuda greens though. Here, they're they are just they're gonna run quick. Probably about 12 on the step meter. This is a you know Bay Hill actually plays pretty difficult year in and year out. You look at. last two years it was ninth difficult in 2017 it was 15th in 2018 so not necessarily an easy course especially when you look at the weather you know if you get some wind which I think we're gonna get on the weekend not on the first couple days uh, it's definitely gonna play more difficult we did have some rain uh, last week out here but this week not much so it's gonna play pretty firm and fast as far as what I'm looking at and they're gonna have the rough up a little bit this year I think uh, I was looking at some comments from the superintendent they're gonna have it pretty thick so I think you, you know you're definitely gonna need to hit fairways I don't necessarily not think driving accuracy is going to be a key stat I'm looking at but something that I do think is going to be a factor uh, because you've got you know again you've got to hit fairways when you got these th- th- these thick uh, the thick rough but the fairways do play relatively wide You've got water hazards on eight holes here and one of the things I read also when looking at the superintendent he was talking about how they've shaved a lot of the surfaces around uh, the bunkers and around the greens. so you're not really going to have anything to fall back on if you if you miss the green you know when the hazards are concerned the ball might roll back in there so I think that's something where you've got to hit greens and regulation here. Um, you look at the par fives out here three of the par fives are playing 550 to 575 yards so i'm going to look at some par 5 scoring like i typically do on a par 72 course like this um, but also may drill it down into that 550 to 575 range um, you've got the par threes here very difficult all of them except for one play over 200 yards but even Uh, You know, the one that does not is is at 199 yards. So there's no real easy par threes out here. So I think you're going to have to score well on those, you know, maybe look at at least um, par three scoring. Uh, Past champs here, you had Rory last year, played very well. If you want to look at the stats that he ranked highly in, he was first in driving distance. I do think driving distance is key this week. First in proximity first in putts per greens and regulation, and first in scrambling. So, you know, I don't think, you know, this is not – I think those are all firsts. Those are all firsts. And I don't think this yeah, is – Yeah, the, the ball strikers out here, it's not like last week. I, I think it's not all ball striking out here. I think you got to have some distance, and you got to putt extremely well. If you look at the last four champs here, all of them were in the top eight in putting. Um so again you had Rory in 2018, Leishman in 2017, Jason Day in 16, Matt every key every <laughs> win, winning in 2015 and 2014 and then before that you had Tiger who has won also won in 2012 and has won here 8 times, but withdrew from the tournament today with a little bit of a neck injury which Really, oh my God! Really scares me. <laughs> I really hope this is not a big deal, uh, but he is not in the tournament, so make sure you uh, you don't have him in, in any lineups. So there you go. That's the yeah. uh, that's the down and dirty on Bay Hill. Yeah, uh,
0: pretty good. Uh, definitely for me, I took into consideration difficult golf course, like you said, or can be. It has been lately, since especially since they redid the green complexes and stuff like that. Um, Putting on Bermuda, agree there. Also very important. I looked at the last hundred rounds of strokes game putting on Bermuda just to get a sense of who is a consistently good putter on Bermuda, not somebody who just got hot for a couple couple tournaments. Um, you mentioned the fairways. You're right. The fairways are wider, but the rough is more penal. So I looked at good drives gained. <laughs> yes, on Fantasy I National. did too. Yes. Glad you mentioned that. Good drives gained, uh, which – for those of you who don't know, like it kind of means that wherever they hit the ball off the tee on par fours, par fives, they were still they still got it on the on the green in regulation. So they, in other words, they may maybe they were in the intermediate, didn't count as a fairway, or maybe they were in the rough, but they still got it on. So it wasn't like really really spraying it. Uh, and with the wide fairways here, I think obviously there's going to be some room for error off the tee. But I I do think distance is a little more important here. Than last week, but I think the golf course is setting up to play pretty firm and fast. Pat mentioned, you know, a little bit of rain last week, but nothing in the forecast this week. Winds kind of consistent, you know, nothing crazy with wind either. It looks like, you know, five to ten, maybe twelve miles an hour winds until maybe Sunday, but you know, with it playing dry and a little windy, I could see the course playing a little firmer than PGA National did last week. They, they had taken on a lot of rain, um, and that course was already kind of soft. They were even debating, you know, um, playing lift, clean, in place on Thursday. So, uh, I don't think that's gonna be the case here. So, uh, therefore, you know, short hitters can still get it out there in the fairways and have it run, um, and bombers are gonna have to make sure they're not running through the fairway when they hit their line. So, um, I, I do think ball strikers in general, guys who are gonna get it on greens and regulation, um, and then strokes ain't putting Bermuda for me is, is what it all boils down to. So, um, yeah, I think that's about it. Course history as always, a little recent form sprinkled in there too. I, I, do, I do like guys who have already played, you know, I like guys who played last week or guys who historically are really, really good at Bermuda. If I've got a guy who's not that great at Bermuda and he didn't play last week, but he's checking other boxes. It might make me think twice. I just like seeing a guy get comfortable on Bermuda for a week and we go from there. So I think that's uh I think that's good. Let's get into this thing, man. Um so, and of course, all of our stats, courtesy of fantasy, national, golf club, the number one stat engine on the interwebs. By the way, I don't know if you saw this, Pat, but a Fantasy National member won a hundred thousand dollars. I did see this that. past week. A uh, hundred thousand dollars, and now I'm also a Fantasy National member, and I won some thousands, but not nowhere near hundreds of that thou- hundred thousand. So good for him. Uh, that's pretty freaking awesome. And I know they, they racked up some more. Um, you know they racked up some more dollars, but that one guy winning a hundred K is pretty ridiculous. Also, breaking news. This is breaking news, Pat. You don't even know about this. Okay. Listeners, the here's, here's a little heads up. Don't tweet this, by the way. Nobody tweet this. The prices for Fantasy National are going up next week. They're going up for the weekly sub, the monthly sub, and the yearly sub. If you use promo code, if you go to fantasynational.com slash TJ, okay? Fantasynational.com slash TJ. We don't have a promo code. Fantasynational.com slash TJ. If you use that. You're going to get 20% off your your weekly and monthly memberships. 20% off those memberships go right now. So you can get the 20% off of the old price before it goes up next week. That's what you need to do. It is the number one stat engine on the interwebs. As I mentioned, it's what we use. It's what everybody uses. If you're not using it, you are already at somewhat of a disadvantage. So check it out, fantasynational.com slash TJ. That's where all the stats are coming from tonight. Now, Pat, let's get into the picks. Top tier, 9K and above. We're gonna give you three GPPs, a cash play, and uh, a fade. And for me, I'll start. I, it's really hard to pass up on the old defending champ who's playing <laughs> really well right now at 11.4. I am all in on Rory. I feel like there's some pretty good value in the 6K range I had a hard time narrowing down the 6K. So when I see something like that where I can definitely go down and pluck some value like Keith Mitchell was last week, um, I think I can step up and play a guy like Rory who loves this golf course. He's on record. is talking about how he wishes he would have started playing Bay Hill earlier in his career because he likes it so much. Pat just mentioned how dominant he was out here. And he's playing really, really well right now, very, very well um, currently. Just finished runner-up at Mexico, tied for fourth at the Genesis um, so I'm all in on Rory at 11.4. I also kind of felt like that was a little bit of a break. I mean, we saw JT at 11.8 last week as the highest-priced guy. So I'll take the price break and go Rory. My next guy is a guy I ended up having some exposure to as well last week is Ricky Fowler. Um, I looked at fan share and saw he was going to be a little lower owned than JT, so I went with Ricky. Glad that worked out. Ricky checking all the boxes. Greens and Rags loves putting on Bermuda. Really good Bermuda putter, as we saw on display at uh, PGA National, uh, checks a box and good drives gained. Uh, played played pretty good here in the last couple years. Fourteenth last year, twelfth the year before. But obviously Ricky's you know uh, Ricky's primed and ready to go. At ten four, I feel like that's a really good really good price point for him. And he's my cash play. Normally I like to start cash plays in the nine nine k range, but I think Ricky's solid enough. I feel the best about him at ten four. I'll pay up a little bit. Uh, in in cash, he's my cash guy, and then finally, <coughs> GPP move at 9,500. I'm gonna go with a little Mark Leishman. Now he's uh, he won here in 2017, finished seventh last year. He's gained 30 strokes in five attempts here. Didn't play so hot the last time we saw him at the WGC Mexico, but before that, he was looking uh, he was looking he was looking pretty good. If you look at his his stats, he checks the box in greens in regulation. He checks the box in good drives gained. He's the fifth best putter strokes gained Bermuda over the last hundred rounds. Uh, So I'm really liking a little Mark Leishman. It looks like lately the only thing when you look at Mexico, all right. Leading up to Mexico, here were his finishes for the starting in the swing season. He won the Cimb Classic. Then he finished 18th. Then fourth at the Tournament of Champions. Third at the Sony. Little slip, 43rd at the Farmers, then a fourth at the Genesis, then a 62nd, almost dead last in Mexico out of like 70 guys. But if you look at the data on Fantasy National, he lost nine strokes putting in Mexico. Nine, like that sounds like me and Pat were putting for him. So I think I think that's a little bit of an anomaly on those greens out there in, in Mexico that are a little different. But I love the form leading up to him. And, by the way, when he was in Mexico, he was 21% owned. So if anybody still has that taste in their mouth, I like Leash for GPPs a lot. So those are my guys, Rory, Ricky,
1: and Leashman. Ricky's my cash play. You know, one thing I'll, t- I'll add, too, on Leashman is it kind of reminds me of, you know, what we saw with Brooks Kefka because I was off I was off Brooks – at in Mex or last week at the Honda and and, and, and yeah. probably put a little too much in the putting stats um, from the, from Mexico, which I told myself and I think I even said on the show that I wasn't going to do, but um, you know and then he comes out and plays extremely well last week at the Honda Classic. Same thing with Leishman, you know everything really is is in order for him, but the putting stats in, in Mexico. So I, I think I agree and I don't have him as one of my top three gpp plays but I, but i like the play i think he's gonna have lower ownership because of all that and and so I, I do agree there uh and obviously has a good history here i'm with you with on rory so i'm really not going to get into too much with that i think he's just you know it's just a great course for him he's been playing well this year yada 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 play him you know yeah. and i like him in cash too actually he's my cash play i don't mind playing him at 11-4 because whoa whoa, whoa yeah whoa, whoa. i don't mind Pump the brakes
0: Everybody, I need to make a disclaimer right here. Pat never plays Cash. So that's where that's coming from. You should not play Rory in Cash. I'm just sorry. No, I'm just sorry. I I
1: love him. I think you can play him in Cash. There is no reason to... Yeah, huh? I think you can play him in cash because I think like you mentioned before. Well, you can. You, you yeah, you can you can there's a lot of value you, you, can, you can play Victor you can <laughs> play Victor Hovland in cash. There's a lot of value down below. You're uh, so you're you're playing Ricky, so we're talking about a thousand dollar difference. I think you can find That's a it. lot. I think you can find a that lot. in cash. That's I, I get where you're to, coming though. from. But I think if I think Rory if you, you know, he can win the tournament. He's he's obviously got tremendous upside. so I don't care. I, I'll play him in cash. I like it. The, the, what you just said right
0: there is, like, when you find the account on Twitter and the guy ha, is, like, Twitter accounts being, like, overseen by his financial, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, like, like the financial company he worked for, and it says, like, tweets do not represent the company that I work for or whatever. Like, that's what I feel like I need to put on that right there because that does not represent – Tour junkies at all. That is that is that is just absolute radicalism. Is what that is. It's radicalism. Wow, I think you're going a little over the top there, but uh, that's okay. Yeah, it is. You should never,
1: never play the highest price guy in cash. Never. Don't do that. I disagree with that. I, I, th- I disagree. disagree. As a matter of fact, I would like I would like to hear more other than just you as to why you can't. Play. I don't know that I've ever disagreed with you more. I'm thinking. Why can you like not 20... play the highest price guy in cash? Why not? Tell me why. You're, what's your I'm answer? I'm thinking. Is? I'm thinking back to 2016 when we started this. All you're giving me right now, out. all you're giving me right now, is thoughts. I want to know reasons you can't pre- play Rory McIlroy the highest price. I just guy. said you can. I said that you should not Why should you not play him in cash? Because you don't
0: need him. And and statistically, when you get up there and you force yourself to get down in the 7s and 6s, don't get me wrong, like I see some value down here too. But statistically, you're all you're doing is playing the percentages, the safe percentages in cash. And because because it doesn't matter, this is the this is the fatal flaw of trying to be too cute in cash. The the number one thing is six guys through the cut and just about 99 times out of 100, if you get six guys through the cut, it doesn't matter who they are, where they finish. If you get six through the cut, you will cash 99 times out of 100 in a regular event where there's a regular cut and you just don't need it. You just don't need it. Take that same lineup that you're thinking about doing and put that in a GPP and forget it. But don't try
1: to do it in cash. It's too cute. Now I disagree. And the I think you can play him in cash. I think you can play. You know, it, now I'm not saying <coughs> I'm not saying every single week and in, in a it, it may be tournament to tournament, but I think you could actually play them in cash. And maybe I'll get destroyed on that, but I'm just saying yeah, I think you can. You know. All right, continue. All right, so next play, love some Justin Rose at ten seven in GPPs. I mean, look, we've seen he he's he's uh, I guess the last time he played was hell. I don't know, it was at least over a month and a half ago took that month off I think he's fresh so I like some Justin Rose and he, he obviously is has played well here in the past um, you know he's got was third last year t13 in 2017 top 10 in 2016 so I, I think Justin Rose is certainly a good good play Yeah. Um, and then some Jason Day at 9900. You know what? He's not going to check a ton of boxes for you when it comes to the stats this year if you're looking to if you're looking at maybe uh, you know the the past 24 rounds on Fantasy National, but I just like how he's played this year. I mean, he's been extremely solid. You know, you look at his last few events or last of any we saw him in, he was T4 at the AT&T Pro-Am. Uh, his history here is obviously very good with a you know with a win here. Four top 25 finishes in the last four starts, so I think Jason Day. And I, th- I like. I think his ownership's probably going to be a little bit lower owned than than you, than you might typically see for him. So I like some Day. So he is a is a, my last GPP play there.
0: All right, you managed to uh, not pick my fade, so that's good. There, there, maybe there's some agreement here. My fade in this range is going to be Bryson. And I hate it, because I hate to fade anybody in this range. But if I had to pick one, it's going to be Bryson. When I look at the numbers, he's 73rd in this field in greens and regulation gained over the last 24 rounds. He's 61st in strokes gained putting on Bermuda in the last 100 rounds. Um, So the only box he's checking is driving. He's he's not checking the ball striking right now. Um, He did finish runner-up here last year. And you're going to notice a theme with some of my fades. I'm fading some of these course history guys uh, right now. So, um, you know, we saw him finish 56th in Mexico, also not very good. But when you break down the data, unlike Mark Leishman, he kind of sucked in a few areas. He, he barely gained strokes with his irons. He lost three strokes uh, chipping, and he lost five strokes putting. He was just kind of all around a mess. So I think Deshambo at 97, if I have to pick
1: one, is one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on. Yeah, I guess I'm. I don't I don't like that at all. I'm not gonna fade Bryson DeChambeau. I but mean, he didn't make your top three. But you like him. He just didn't make your top three. No, he didn't make my top three, and I'm not fading him at all. <coughs> um, all right, who's your fade? I'm gonna fade Mickelson. I mean. Yeah, 9,200. Really Here's the thing: he hasn't played here since 2013. He said, "I mean, a huge story that was kind of brewing a, a few weeks ago. Now he may play at the TPC, but he said he doesn't have to play a course like that one that has thicker rough, that is, it's just not doesn't fit his game. You know, he has won here in the past, but it was in 1997 when that was the year I graduated college. No, I, was about, I think I was a junior that year. Anyway, yikes. So. He it, and the course has changed a ton since then. It, it, it's 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 made to be a lot more difficult than that. So I think that Mickelson's. A, I just don't like him at all as a play this year. So I'm not gonna not gonna. Pay I don't it. hate that fade. You don't hate it, or you don't like that fade. I don't hate the fade. Yeah, I agree with the fade. Okay, well, Almighty One, who wins all the dollars and everything, give us your 8K plays. <laughs> after you cough. Oh,
0: after you cough. All right. Um, This is a tough range. This is a really tough range. I I like a few guys in here, but we're we're making ourselves pick two, and we're making us pick two GPP plays. The first one I'm going to go with is Charles Howell at 8,600. It's really tough. Given his form right now, he is really, really hot right now. Hasn't done anything super flashy at Bay Hill in the last five years, but he's been super steady. He's made every cut. He's gained 13 strokes total. His best finish was last year with a T-14. Um, Checks the box in greens and regulation. Checks the box in good drives gained over on Fantasy National. I just like Charles Howell. I feel like it's a safe play at 8,600. The last play is down there at the bottom at 8K, not Bubba Watson. It is Ian Poulter. I'm going for a little Poultsy. Checks the box in greens and regulation. Actually, he's top 10 in greens and regulation gained and good drives gained from Fantasy National. We know he's a really good scrambler if he gets in trouble. Like Charles Howell, he's made every cut here in the last five years, but again, nothing super flashy. A couple of T20s or so. Um, finished third in Mexico. Polter's just been kind of steady. And, and at 8K, I really like that value. His ownership hasn't been much of anything. He was a little higher owned at the Sony, but other than that, like around 10%, 11%. So I don't really see him getting talked up a ton, especially right there with uh, the, 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 the horse for the course, Henrik Stenson, above him. So I'm going to go for GPP's CH3 and Poulter. And in fact, I since I'm going a little higher and picking Ricky as a cash play, I'm gonna dip down here this 8K range, and Poulter would be a cash play for me. I feel pretty good about Poulter. He's an Orlando guy anyway, very very familiar with that place. Um, I'm gonna say Poulter's
1: a pretty safe bet. He's my cash play. Wow, I'm surprised you didn't uh, go with your the, the love of your life this year, um, who I have, and you didn't mention him at all, and that's Lucas Glover at 8200. He is one. Okay, he is one. Okay, he's one that I mentioned. I like. I. I didn't narrow him down in my top two, but I like him. Look, the way he's been playing, I just—you have yeah. to keep riding him until he's just—he's just—he's done because he's just been playing fantastic golf. This is a, another good course for him. Um, you know, I've had a top five finish last week. Um, you know, has been really good here. I mean, he's made four out of his last five cuts. He's gained 15 strokes on the field. Um, you know when you look at the stats I mean he's he's checking boxes there I mean he's number one in the field in greens and regulation he's number one in yep. the stat that you mentioned good drives gained uh, when yep. we went through the the course breakdown he's top he's seventh in the field in par five scoring from 550 to 600 yards which is a number I mentioned because the three of the par fives here are in that distance so I think that Lucas Glover is just going to continue to be a great play. I've got him in cash and GPP, so I like him in, in both of those. Um, I'm with you with on Poulter at 8000 And I think he's, for all the reasons you said, I think he's just a, a great play. But he was an alternate for me in GPPs. And I'm getting a little risky here, but this guy helped me out in Mexico, and... He's not gonna check a whole lot of boxes for you. But he's and he's he's more of a gut play, but people hate to play him because they hate his personality. But I'm gonna go with some Patrick Reed at eighty nine hundred. I think if you I just okay. I like how he's playing. You know, he was fourteenth in Mexico, but that was after a bad Sunday. He was in the second to last group with Sergio None of them did all that great in that group, I don't think. Dropped him down a little bit to that T-14, but he was 22nd at the AT&T Pro-M. He's he Look, he's not going to pop out at you. When you're looking at Fantasy National, you're putting your models together, whatever else it is, it's, it's not going to be a guy that stat-wise is going to be who you're immediately going to look at. But I like him on this course. I like him You know the way I've seen him play lately. Um, he was T-7 here last year. Uh, and then, you know, of course, that led up to a, a month later with a Masters win. So I like some Patrick Reed as a good GPP play. Think he's definitely going to be low owned. Okay. All right. I, I, I don't. I don't hate those plays. Who's your favorite? I thought you were going to hate the Reed play. I, you know. No. I feel like the easy fade is Stenson, and not because here's the thing: the guy has absolutely owned this course. He's got. He's after the last five years. He's got four finishes in the top five. He's got a he's he's done the 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 cycle as you might say. He's got a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth with a missed cut in 2017. But he's done nothing lately, I and mean, he's been terrible. Uh, European tour here, wherever else. I think he is a is a good fade. But you know the guy that I really want to fade, and I'm scared to mention his name because everybody loves him right now. But Jason Kokrak at 8,300. Look, he's been playing great. I feel like his ownership's going to be too high down here. He just talked up every week, and he's he has continued to uh, to deliver. But I think this is the week that he he, he does not. Um, so I think if I'm going Stenson or CoCrack, I'm going to go CoCrack as my fade in this 8K range.
0: Well, you nailed mine. I'm going the easy fade. You say it's easy. I'm I'm fading Stenson. I still think there's plenty of people out there who see the name, see the history. And want to play him? When you look at the WGC Mexico, which was his last event, he lost strokes everywhere except putting. He lost four and a half strokes off the tee. This is Henrik Stenson, who everybody talks about. You know, pounds fairways all the time, Mr. Henrik Stenson. But man, when you look at what he's done, um, you know, in in 2019, you know, you, he's played four. He's played three other events on the European Tour: Abu Dhabi 72nd, Dubai 74th, Saudi. Seventy eighth, Mexico fifty fourth. I mean, the form is awful right now. Something is. I don't know if like he he's, cracked. He's kind of like Alex Norin right
1: now. If you want to, if you want
0: to, he is a little a bit. This seems lost. I mean, he's a world class player, so I mean, I, I could see him getting it back at any point. And this may be, you know, this may be one of those times where <coughs> I think I think so. All right, so here's a game. If you're on FanShare on Wednesday night, and Stenson is projected at. 10
1: percent are you playing him you fading him if he's at 10 percent or less there there's a chance i may throw him in a lineup or two (laughs) when you're looking at so then i would so then i would guess if he were like seven or eight percent or
0: less you're gonna you're gonna play him
1: i'm gonna play him yeah
0: i mean I, i definitely think there's a case to be made for that in some tournament plays just because you know, it's a tournament like this where a guy can find it because he has so much history here. And this is where, you know, now I may end up eating crow in this next week, but this is where the people who deny course history are just stupid to me because we see this time and time again on the PJ Tour. A guy can be out of form. He gets to a place that he's got a little bit of memories on. You know, he feels good about He gets a little tingly in the chicken skin. And, you know, he feels like lightning hit him on the tip of his dick, and he's really excited, and he just turns everything around. And he shocks the world with a, with a made cut or a top twenty or a top ten or whatever it is. So I could see that happening for a guy like Stenson who's just that good. But for me, I'd have to see undership projections at like seven percent, eight percent to really want to want a piece. Um, and even then, I may just. I don't, still I don't think it. you're
1: gonna. I don't think you're gonna see that. But.
0: But that's why you got to check FanShare. FanshareSports.com. We've been talking them up every week. We're gonna talk about them every week because they're a part of the process. Every single week fansharesports.com that's where we go to get the ownership insights you know who's getting talked up on podcasts, on blogs, uh, in articles on Twitter, uh, on the radio, wherever it is. They, they figure out who's getting the chatter, who's getting the, the you know the love and then they tell you you know projected ownership, who's saying to start them, who's saying to sit them, and they do all the work for you, and then they, you know, you make your picks from there, right? They're just going to tell you who's who's getting talked up. If you're playing GPPs, FanshareSports.com, and that membership along with the Fantasy National that we mentioned earlier is a must. Those two for GPPs are a must. If you use promo code Tour Junkies when you sign up, you also get 20% off uh, over on FanshareSports.com. You can do the weekly, monthly, or annual membership and get 20% off of all of those over on FanshareSports.com. And also, they're, they're contributors to the old uh, the old weekly email, which we love. So love those guys over at Fanshare. They're good dudes. They've been doing it for, like, four years, three, three, four years, about like us. So they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They're not some fly-by-night, you know, pop-up DFS website. So get in on that. And that's where you're going to need to check Henrik Stenson come Wednesday night. All right, Pat. We're in the 7Ks, buddy. Why don't you hit me? Why don't you start, you, why don't you start the 7Ks?
1: All right. Well, there's a lot of this one was tough for me because there's a lot of yeah. This is tough. Seven a, and six K is tough for me. Yeah, I, I'm going to start though, kind of the middle here. I'm going to start with Ben on at 7,500. I like some Ben on this week. You know, you look at the stats. He's um, he's third in the field in stroke screened around the green, fourth in proximity. He's 17th in the opportunities gained, 29th off the tee um he's gaining strokes he's it's, you know, par five scoring he's 33rd in the field he's you know he's sneaky long too he's top 35 in the field with driving distance so i like some Ben on um you know he kind of struggled a little bit starting off last week but ended up having some pretty a pretty strong finish with uh a t-36 he was t-45 in mexico which isn't great but before that was 20th at the waste management so i like ben on i think he and he's he's usually typically low owned and has played well here in the past i mean had a top 15 finish last year in 2018 uh made the cut and was top 50 in 2017 and then had a top 35 finish in 2016. so i think ben on is a is a pretty good play there um I think it's it's hard, you know, if we're going to talk some course history, which you know I'm a big fan of, you know, Matt Every's going to come up. And obviously he has the course history here. But I think more importantly, he's really played well lately. I mean, he's his game is coming around. And, you know, I think – now he's coached by – Scott Hamilton's his coach, right? Yeah. Who's been doing a great job. with You look at the last two yeah. events he's played in was top 15 or top 16 in Puerto Rico, top 14 at the AT&T Pro-Am. So his game's coming around a little bit. I, you know, I think I'm going to need to check Fanshare because if he's just – everybody's talking about him because of the course history, which I like, then I might come off of him a little bit. But if he's still, you know, in that maybe 10% range or less, I'm okay with playing him because, like you said, he's he's got that tingly feeling on this course – and his game has matched it so uh, he's i think he's uh could be a good play this week um i'll be interested to see if twitter the twitter golf world is more making fun of taking matt every as a play or not but i have a feeling it's more going to be like making fun of the guy that picks matt every which I understand. See, I, I don't think that's going to
0: happen this year because of the form. It's, it's definitely happened in years past. Yeah, but I think given his recent form, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't hate the play.
1: Yeah, and I, you and I both don't listen to the shows and whatever else. And I try to stay off Twitter on Monday, um, but I'll be I'll be on it on Tuesday, and I'll be interested to see tomorrow. Where the takes are yep. when it comes to to Matt Every, but you can't deny the fact that his game is 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 where it needs to be, leading into a tournament that he absolutely loves. So, I like that. Also, here it is. Uh, this is the oh my god pick of the week for me. I might this might be a new segment at some point, but it's going to be Siwoo Kim at seventy eight hundred. Okay. My God, why am I taking him? He loves Bermuda. He loves, he loves Bermuda. Bermuda. We've seen him play. D- good on difficult courses like this in Florida, like the, like TPC where he's won before, high, rough, everything. His game has been there. You look at him, he had a third at the Genesis. He was fourth at the AT&T in Pebble Beach. He's gained 22 strokes on the field in his last several events. So I think Siwoo Kim could be uh, – I mean, he's always hit or miss. You never know. The course history here isn't that great, um, but – he's he's a guy that typically is 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 low owned i like the form there so he'll be my uh my third gpp play all right i feel like i'm gonna be fairly chalky here
0: um zach Johnson, right there it's yeah yes i like both the guys at (laughs) 7700 adam hadwin um yeah i like hadwin and zj i i mean it just is what it is like i'm i'm I mean, but if I put him in a lineup with, like, Leishman and Poulter, I mean, it's still going to be a good leveraged lineup. So, and we'll see. We'll see what happens when it comes to ownership. But they check every box. They check all the stack categories. Zach's got a great history here. Hadwin's played here twice and played well. Um, You know, I I just – it's too good to pass up. And if you look at – let me me pull this up here. If you look at Zach's Honda – Zach gained seven-and-a-half strokes to green at the Honda but lost seven putting. Now, I know you're going to say, well, David, that was Bermuda, right? right? Don't you want Zach to putt? Well, historically, if you look at the last 100 rounds, Zach is a great Bermuda putter. He just had a horrible tournament, like something just wasn't right. I can trust a guy like Zach Johnson to get that back. I mean, if he regulates that a little bit, he's top ten in the field. Easy. I mean, he gained seven-and-a-half strokes T to green at the Honda. So I think that's something to look at because if you just look at the finish position, he finished 59th, he didn't have a great weekend. But, um, you know, when you look at a guy like Zach losing that many strokes putting, that's an anomaly. I don't think that's very likely to happen again, and the ball striking is there, so I'll take it. Um, so, yeah, Hadwin, Zach, and then I'm gonna I, I'm going to get one on you here that I bet you're not going to – I bet you don't – you would have never guessed, I would say. I'm going to go down to 7,000. There's a number of guys at 7,000. I'm going to play a little Danny Willett, which I have not done in a long, long time. Uh, Danny Willett won me a lot of money at the Masters that he won um, years ago. Bet him at 150-1 to in November the year prior, and he won the Masters. That was a fantastic day for me. Uh, But he checks the box. In greens and regulation right now, good drives gained. Um. Yeah, I mean, he's just he, he's playing really well. He doesn't obviously he doesn't have much of a history here with Drew last year because he was injured, but twenty seventh and a thirty third his last couple of events. I just think seven K is a really good price for Danny Willett, who looks like he's on the on the come up a little bit. So I'll go Danny Willett, but I like other guys in that range too. There's a lot. There's there's a few guys in the seven K like those are just my three favorites. And of course, if I'm gonna pick a cash player. Why would it not be Zach Johnson? Because you get the guaranteed cut. You get a guy who's, you know, made five out of five cuts here in the last five years. What could go wrong, right? I think Zach Johnson's easy. So give me, give me Ricky, Poulter, and Zach Johnson to start my cash lineups,
1: and I'm feeling just fine. Okay. Well, um, Um, I I will say that I actually, uh, I don't always, and I don't think it's a, a, a must for some reason. I don't know. Maybe you have some th- theory of yours because you're, I mean, you're so much smarter than everyone else that why, <laughs> you know, you have to have, you know, your your three GPP plays. One of them has to be your cash play. I like to maybe throw a little bit of different guy in there. So Zach actually is my cash play as well because I didn't mention that. So, yeah. And <laughs> I like him as a GPP play. But you know what? I like to give, I got, like to give the listeners a different guy. So there you go. I, I, and there's no yeah, reason for that. Maybe I'm not as smart as you, God. David, but there's no reason for that. I like to play a different guy. No.
0: The, yeah, there's uh, there's plenty of weeks, Pat, where I don't give the same guy. It just happens to be this week I found three guys and these are three guys I like the most, so it is what most it is. Most weeks we you give the same. The, yeah. I think if you check the tape, right. most weeks you do. But let's uh we can, we can go back and check it. Our boy Tom's keeping up with our picks over there, so we can go back and check it and you can see how many times that happens. It doesn't happen that much.
1: Um All right, who's your fade in the 7K? Two fades. Two fades. I'm gonna fade Kiz at 7,200. I just you're not seeing anything from. Him. I know he's played well here in the past. Um, you know, I say that. I mean, he's he had a second place finish back in 2017. I believe that was the yeah to Leishman, but then miss kind of had sandwiched in between two missed cuts in the t49 in 2015. Just don't like how he's played this year. I mean, he just haven't been playing well at all. Um, you know, stat wise, nothing really is popping at all i mean greens and regulation where he's typically you know very good um you know good drives gain nothing there driving distance obviously that's not going to be a factor but proximity nothing there so i don't know i don't like some kids at 7200 i'll be fading him and then i'm going to fade rafa cabrera bello one you know look i think he's going to be higher You owned. love some rafa i typically do love him and he's probably going to be higher owned here but he's another guy that's not really checking a whole lot of the boxes for me. Doesn't check it in distance. Also, he's 83rd in the field in that uh, par five scoring from 550 to 600 yards out. Um, 67th in greens in regulation. 84th in opportunities gained. Um, he's, you know, look, he was, he had, a, has had really good finishes when you think about a guy like him in the last three events he's played. I mean, all three top 25 finishes, although Mexico was a short field event. But, you know, he's never played here before. Um, So I I think that could be an issue as well. I think it does take a little bit of experience here. Um, So this will be his first go-around. So I I think – and and really it's ownership. I think we're going to see on Fanshare he's going to be one of the higher owned guys in this 7K range. So I will – I'll fade that. Okay. I don't I don't hate the fades. I do like Kiz maybe a little more than
0: you, but um, i tell you a guy I hate who's a coarse horse with great history here is Brant Snedeker. De- uh, almost dead last in greens and regulation, close to the bottom in good drives game. The only thing he's doing good is putting on Bermuda. And if you look at his last um, 5, 10, and 20 tournaments, He's lost a stroke to two strokes off the tee. Uh, He's losing strokes in approach that same time. He just makes up for it in short game. And I just, you know, I I know the putting is is what always saves him, but I hate relying on a guy where that's the case. Um, The last time we saw a decent finish out of him was at the Sony. Finished 16th. He gained six and a half strokes putting, lost four off the tee. I mean, that's just bad. So... I I think Sned's is is kind of a a fade for me. The the next one is Deck. I I, I like the old smoking barn rat. He does putt really well and putts well on Bermuda. But he didn't putt well on Bermuda at the Honda. He lost three strokes putting uh, at the Honda. He also lost four strokes in approach, a stroke and a half off the tee. I mean, he was just all around a mess. Too inconsistent for me. I'll, uh, I'll I'll fade the barn rat. Those are my two let's get into the 6k who you like in the 6k any plays here as we button this uh as we button this up
1: yeah i got a couple guys i think i'm gonna i'm gonna jump back on uh the gooch taylor gooch at 6800 finished t26 here last year um you know so he's got uh, some decent history a guy that has obviously, you know, started off the year uh, in very good fashion, and then missed a couple cuts in a row, but got it back at the Honda last week with the T twenty. So I like that as well. Um, you know, when you look at the stats for him, checking boxes there. You know, opportunities gained. He's top twenty in the field. He's second in greens and regulation. He's fourth in par five scoring. Top twenty in green, uh, good drives gained, which which we mentioned. So I think Gooch is a is is a Pretty good play down there under 7K. And then, you know, a guy that's just, he's just making cuts and just just winning money, and that's Adam Shink, And nobody wants to play him. He, his price just doesn't move at all. But he's made 10 of 13 cuts this year. He's playing a ton of golf, which I'm okay with. I mean, for for a guy like that who who's just seems to be a grinder. I like the price at 6,700 he's top 30 in the field in in um, greens and regulations he's second in the field in par 5 scoring top 10 in the field in that par 5 scoring from 550 to 600 yards out um, so i think some some adam shink is uh, look as long as the guys just making cuts making money i'll take him i'm going to play him uh, i'm going to play him down there cheap below 7k all right well i, I...
0: I'm, I'm maybe more so with you on Gooch. I, I don't The other two I didn't really have. but I um, only had there was I two like, there.
1: You said the other two. I didn't say three guys.
0: Oh, my bad. Um, I like a little Nate Lashley right there at 6,900. Nate's been playing really good. The dude hadn't missed. Now, he hadn't played a lot of events. He's played like eight events, but he hadn't missed a cut since the Wells Fargo last year. Um, Nate, La- Nate Lashley's just playing really good. Obviously, he's never played here. But he checks every box. Greens and rag, strokes game, putting, Bermuda, good drives gained. He's just playing really well right now. Um, Harris English at 6,900, to me is a little Keith Mitchell-like when it comes to the form leading up to the Honda. Horrible form, but he, what do we know about Harris English? We know that he, you know, he's a southern boy, loves him some Bermuda, and like Keith Mitchell, probably welcomed that putting surface last week on his way to the T12 not checking a lot of boxes uh, except in strokes game putting Bermuda he's 17th in this field over the last hundred rounds and he drives the ball okay um, you know and he's, he's he's got a decent history here for a guy at 6900 he's missed two cuts out of the last five attempts but the, the times he's made the cut he's finished 22nd 29th and 14th so uh, I, I, to me that's that's interesting and then finally I'm surprised you didn't get I'm surprised you didn't say a little Danny Lee um, mm. Danny Lee like some Danny checks the Lee. box in yeah. greens and regulation good drives, gained. Uh he's not terrible when it comes to putting on Bermuda finished 36th at the Honda Um, you know 4% owned at the Honda but he, he struck his ball really really well just couldn't chip and broke about even on the putting surfaces but he gained like 6 strokes tee to green when you take out the, uh, the chipping woes that old Danny Lee had
1: uh, but Man, even tournament he history is like, this is the- so this is a little insight folks into uh some TJ back and forth from from last week. I basically gave you Danny Lee. I told you I said, you know, he was on my list, but we're we're talking about our favorites here. I didn't really throw him out. Hmm. And but and he showed up for me because I, you know, I pointed him out to you, but now, you know, if he does well, this is what's going to happen. We're going to see a bunch of tweets from David. David gets all the credit. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Well, you, think, you think you think
0: we've been doing this four years, and I just now realized who Danny Lee was because you brought him up to me and at the Honda last week. No, you think, but you think but, that's how it went No, out?
1: no, no. But you you wouldn't have okay. even he I put him in your mind for this week. Oh, okay. You have that kind of control over me, yeah. Because I, I cool. you you wouldn't have been thinking about him if I hadn't told you. You know what? Yeah, oh, we had so an in depth conversation about this, David. I said I said, look, if you look at this with Danny Lee heading into the Honda. This is what I saw, blah 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 blah. And now you're you're just you're repeating that but the next week. So if he hits You know what it kinda sounds like? It kinda sounds like a guy who puts
0: a first round leader bet on Johnny Vegas after his co-host throws out a tweet and then it sounds also like a guy no i, I had a, i had the first round bet sounds also like a guy who puts out a bet for keith mitchell to win after his co-host talks keith no mitchell i had the first round bet really on johnny up.
1: vegas actually before you put that tweet out Uh
0: huh. i hear you i hear you okay well hey man you talk him up all you want no balls no blue chips play danny lee or don't piss or get off the pot man <laughs> like i'm gonna play him i like danny lee now who's your freaking one
1: and done let's move on to the chunk and run Oh my god, I got to go one and done. Uh, you know what? I'm going a little risky this week. I've been I've been taking the the studs yeah. lately. And we're taking l- the top off defense tonight? Yeah. Well, you know, I've have t- been taking the studs lately, but I'm going to save them a little bit. I, I want to try to gain the edge here and uh I'm going to go with Ben on as my one and done. Woof. Yep.
0: <laughs> mhm. Yikes. I didn't know we were taking the top off that bad. Um Wow. Okay. That is that is interesting. Uh, I am also gonna gonna take the top off the defense here. I'm not gonna go quite ben on level. Um, but I'm gonna go Ian Poulter. I, I need I need to make up some ground. I actually so thought about Poulter. him and I
1: thought about Glover. Those were my other two, but but I'm just I, I don't know. I'm feeling kind of frisky this week, so. Okay, feeling it? Well, good. If you're feeling frisky, let's move
0: to the one and done, or to the uh, chunk and run—not one and done. Let's move to the chunk and run here, Pat. We got a good one tonight. I'm excited. Uh, we, we, for the chunk portion of tonight's podcast, we thought we would talk about the logic behind betting first round leaders, since Pat and I together hit Johnny thank Vegas you, at 100 to one. Thank you
1: for uh, including me yeah. in your. Success. Since we both
0: since we both hit Johnny Vegas at a hundred to one, and it was my second hundred to one first round leader bet of the year, uh, we thought we would talk a little bit about the mindset behind betting first round leaders and what you're looking at. Pat, why don't you start off with a couple of key things that you look for with a first round leader, and then I'll button it up.
1: Well, you know, it's like with Vegas. I mean, he's a, a guy that's sort of a cheaper type option that that popped for me when I'm looking at my stats on. Fantasy National, wherever else it is, I mean, he's he's a guy that um, you know just sort of popped from that standpoint. So when I'm looking at that, I'm like, okay, well, who are these guys and who are the guys that are um, obviously got the higher odds? I don't play anyone any first round leaders that are shorter odds. I just there's it's it's not fun for me, and I'm not putting huge dollar amounts on this either. So I want to try to hit the uh, the the one like Vegas, and when you do, it makes your year. I mean, us hitting Johnny Vegas at 100 to 1 we're yeah. we're good we're good for the year so i mean it's <coughs> it's kind of one of those things but there are stats that you can find, you know, in other places too. Actually, the PGA Tour puts out stats that I look at when it comes to first round leader bets. That that has a first round scoring average. So that's something that I look at on the PGA Tour. I like to see the guys that are, you know, typically playing great first rounds. Tiger's a, a guy that's a perfect example. Now I know he's a guy would have higher eyes, but is somebody who typically in and maybe the first couple rounds isn't right there, but then on Saturday is. Um, so you can look at that if you want to look at just scoring average in the first round, but and then some of it's just a hunch, you know. Maybe a guy who's always played well in that tournament in the in the past, um, you know. You look at that. Vegas is, is a is a perfect example of somebody who typically comes out hot in a run in a in a, in a tournament. Yeah. It's sort of like a um, like a horse race. You got you got f- players that are horses. Uh, per se, that you know, like they're front runners. They come out hot, you know, when they when they right out of the gate, and then they sort of falter a little bit. The, they're trends when you if you watch enough golf, and this is where kind of watching golf comes into play. That they always tend to be kind of near the the lead first, second round, or whatever. Those are the guys that I just know. You know what? I've seen them here a lot in the first round, second round, whatever. I want to I want to try to take advantage of that and play them as my first round leader bet but again it's small smaller numbers you know fractional units of bets and that's that's kind of what I typically do uh, with my first round leader bets no any given sunday units for first round leader bets. no we're going we're going fractional well,
0: <clears throat> and here's the deal so pat talked a little bit about his thoughts and and i agree um, you, you know you mentioned one reason why you you know, you like to bet the long shot. It makes your year. That is that is nice. Um, and, and along with that, here's the thing: we talk about it all the time how variable golf is, right? Well, it is even variable with every player on the PGA Tour. I don't care if you're ranked number one in the world, if you're Dustin Johnson, or you're number 300 in the world. You know, you can have a day. Anybody that's good enough to play in these events can have one day where it clicks. And that's why, to me, there's no point in playing or betting a first-round leader number on a guy with shorter odds. Because any time one guy can pop and find it for a week or for a day, which is a lot of times like that's that's what Pat's talking about, Johnny Vegas comes out hot. You know, I think of a guy like Charlie Hoffman. He, he usually comes out really hot. Um, you know, there's, there's just certain guys who can put it together for one round, whereas, you know, DJ is going to bludgeon you to death for four straight rounds. But there's just not guys that can do that all the time. Um, now this so, year that, I will that,
1: say this year the shorter odd guys have have fared well. I mean we've seen I think DJ. Justin
0: Thomas and those guys yeah, can come so out. Yeah, so it's and, been a little bit yeah, I mean, different. Yeah, that, that can definitely happen, yeah. but it's just not worth the number. It's no. not worth the betting number. Uh, so that's one thing. That's that's one reason why I don't even consider a first round leader bet the shorter to shorter odds of like a 60 to 1. I'm just not interested. I just rather I'd rather go deep. And chase the, the bigger hit um, and, and, and spend less of a unit on it. Uh, the other thing that I think is key is huge in first round leader bets, and that is conditions. You know, if you think about it, yeah. more times than not, probably 70%, I don't know the numbers, but probably 70, 60 to 70% of the time, guys in the morning tend to get better scoring conditions than guys in the daytime, no matter what day it is you know if you're if you're in windy conditions we all know the wind tends to kick up in the afternoon the rain tends to happen in the afternoon you know your green surfaces are softer in the morning they haven't been pounded they haven't been dried out by the sun or the wind Um, you know so the green surfaces are softer they're more receptive they're smoother to putt on they're not they haven't been walked over all day by you know 80 other people in the field before you so there's just these slight little edges that engulf That's all you got, man. That's all you have. It's just the slightest edge. And to me, most of the time, I'm going to put my money on a first-round leader that goes off in the a.m. Thursday morning wave probably eight times out of ten. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to basically say when the tee times come out on Tuesday, and we'd give you guys first-round leader bets here on the podcast if they came out earlier, but they don't. So the tee times come out Tuesday, I'm starting to look at stats, just like I do for DFS. You're looking at stats – course history, recent results, and then you're looking at tee times. All right, now let me start narrowing guys down. And then you're looking at odds. All right, well, I'm not going to bet that guy because he's 30-1. to 1. I'm not messing with that. And so you start to whittle it down, and then you can start looking at things like Pat's talking about with first-round scoring average and, you know, your your, your hunch kind of play uh, and take into consideration the other factors. But weather and conditions is probably, probably the, the primary thing to look at when it comes to – you know, who to, who to play. So um, that's really where we're going to go. If, if we write up a first-round leader article over on tourjunkies.com, you're going to see that. That's always a big factor, uh, and that's where I would lean uh, on betting first-round leaders. Now, some great news. Our friends at MyBookie have started to add on a ton of great golf content uh, or golf, golf betting options that they didn't have prior, and it started this past week. You can now bet, obviously, you can bet outright winners. You can bet first round leaders. You can bet top tens now, top 20s. You can now bet three balls, which three balls means they're going to give you three guys and they're going to give you odds in that three man group. And you pick the winner, whoever plays best in the tournament out of those three guys, which is a lot of fun. Um, now they give you live betting. So at the end of every round, you can go back in and play. You know, they'll give you updated odds, which they didn't have before last week. Uh, so that's what that's how Pat jumped on Keith Mitchell at seven to one on Saturday night and hit that one. Um, and then we, we hear rumors of new things coming. So our, our friends at MyBookie.ag are hearing the cries of the people for more golf offerings. And we're more likely to get it the more you guys get in there and join and play, even if it's for smaller you know smaller dollar amounts. Get in there and play, get it going. MyBookie.ag. Promo code is tourjunkies, all one word, tourjunkies gets you the 50% deposit bonus. 50% deposit bonus. So if you put in $100, now you have $150 to play with. Great customer service, the best mobile site around. Our boy Adon7x over on Twitter, much love to him. He's a great better. Just joined my bookie today, was tweeting us, telling us how much he really enjoyed the site, that it looked really clean, it was easy to use. Um, and uh, he already had a great customer service experience, too. So, fantastic stuff. Easy to deposit, easy to withdraw. In fact, Pat, you're about to make a withdrawal, right? You're, you're working on that. You had a nice, nice little week.
1: Yeah, I had so a gonna little week. You're going to make a withdrawal. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so I, be good. I think, you know, every, you can't just keep pumping money in or make, you got to make a withdrawal every once in a while. So, uh, yeah. You got to reward yourself. Reward yourself. Get you that. Uh, Nice driver you've been looking for, maybe to uh, improve your Ooh, game yeah. or whatever. I don't know. So uh, yeah, take a little de- take a little withdrawal this week. I'm not I'm not all about the deposit all the time. So
0: yeah. So so be on the lookout mybookie.ag. Sign up. We put content of theirs all over the website, all over the chalk bomb. It's the best betting site. Been working with these dudes for like two years. All right, Pat, let's get to the run portion of the evening. We've promised this upcoming for the last few weeks. Mm. I'm excited. It's going to be some it's story time here on the Tour Junkies podcast. This is, story, is story time. time. I, I've
1: got a good drink here. I've,
0: yeah, I've never heard these stories from you, and I don't think you've ever heard these stories from me. And I'm excited. We, we thought we'd do this in light of the Sergio Garcia and Bryson DeChambeau meltdowns here in the last couple weeks on the golf course. So the question is, in light of these recent temper tantrums, any stories of the tour junkies getting tossed or ejected during any organized sporting events
1: growing up pat would you like to start sure um now so we'll say organized like you say that like team events where um i thought of more of uh and i did play on some teams and things like that but but Um, You didn't really work well with others, so you stuck to individual (laughs) sports. Country club (laughs) sports. Yeah, I get it. I stuck to some kind No, I work well with others. What are you talking about, asshole? Anyway, a couple stories, though, that I think are pretty funny. One, uh, I used to play a lot of tennis, actually, growing up. I was was a better tennis player as a junior than I was a golf player, and I... uh, Not hard to believe. We've all seen your golf swing. Well, I was actually decent, but anyway... um, so on the tennis court there were several times where i went into absolute fits with my racket it flew all over the place uh kind of like sergio i played a lot of clay court tennis and Ooh. i i dug up some clay courts with uh with with the racket uh until to, to one time i was in a, in a tournament and the uh, pro the head pro of the club i was at came out to the uh court that i was on and told me if he saw one more thing uh, or antic from me that he was dragging me out of the tournament i was automatically disqualified and uh was was done and i ended up actually was able to um keep it together the rest of the way but yeah that happened uh another time talking about golf I got two really good stories, and then I'm, I'm going to let you go. One of them I called my brother for, and so, because I had to get some ideas. Because as you know, anybody that listens to Tour Junkies, got a twin brother. And uh, he's been on the show. David likes to call him TV Perry. Uh, I got a yep. good story about uh, really growing up with him playing golf. But there was a time we used to go to... Uh, a an island called Fripp Island which is a smaller island off the coast of South Carolina they have a couple golf courses there and I was having the best round of my life and I think I was probably like 12 or 13 years old and I want to say as much as you say I'm a crappy golfer um, that's not the case I'm not a crappy golfer and I've beat you several times and maybe my swing isn't that great and whatever else But this was the first round, and I want to say, yes, I was about 12 years old. I was going to break 40 for the first time ever. And I got to the ninth hole, and we were staying off the ninth hole. And I proceeded to absolutely just eject this hole. It was the worst hole all day. I was not, so breaking 40 was not an option. It was not going to happen. So I got to the green and I was already like lying like seven or eight, was so pissed, threw my ball into the water, walked off the course into the house. I don't even think my family knows this. Walked I mean, you know, my brother and everybody, they're on the course. I walked into the house and walked into the kitchen and grabbed a knife. And I was literally so stressed out that I, I was thinking I would just wanted to cut <laughs> shit. I almost wanted to kill myself. <laughs> oh my god but i didn't obviously i'm still here but i was mad i got really mad um the other thing but this is this is the funny thing my word so yeah that was a that was an intense story that was um, a dark time that was a dark moment i was so mad i mean i was gonna break 40 man that's a milestone at a young age yeah. so here's the other thing so my brother and i this is, i called chris about this and we played a lot of father son tournaments growing up so, well, I say a lot, like like elementary school, young, like starting out in Goth. And you know, obviously there's two of us and one dad, and it was Alternate Shot. If you want to, you know, you if you've ever played Alternate Shot, you want to kill your partner at least once during a round when you play Alternate Shot. Have you ever played Alternate <laughs> Shot, David? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. So, imagine with you Imagine two people playing it like your brother playing against you and your dad has to double duty. So he not only hits a shot for my brother, but hits a shot for oh. me. So like oh. he could hit a shot for my brother, you know, from the fairway 10 feet, you know from the hole, and then he hits my shot into the freaking water. And so like the 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 tension that went on with these father son oh. events, was I see incredible yeah, yeah. like chris and i were just like literally fighting wrestling on the course mad at dad pissed off at dad because he hit me into the water and chris and birdie range or off the tee i was in the woods and he was in the fairway it was some of the it was some really stressful golf and temper yeah. tantrums galore yeah that's some wild that's some wild west stuff right there i get that T- the twin struggle is real It made alternate shot at times two. It was like, I mean, just the worst ever. Yeah. Um, All right.
0: I got a couple, I got a few good ones here. Um, The first one occurred. I'll make this quick. I played baseball my whole life, never played anything else. I was playing a high school baseball game. It was probably the only game in my entire life my dad did not make it to. It was an away game, which normally he made it to every game, even away. It was an away game. And um, I was at the plate, and I did the standard. You know, I got. I, it was it was full count. Kid throws a ball that skips in the dirt, you know, half a foot outside of the you know outside the plate. I immediately drop my bat, start walking to first. I'm halfway down the first base line. The ump rings me up for a strikeout. I stop. I turn around. I stare. I say nothing. I pick up my bat and I draw my line on the outside of the plate and look at the ump and say, "That's where that pitch was." I get ejected not a big deal, everybody's kind of, well, some people are kind of laughing, I'm kind of laughing, who cares, we won, I go back to the, you know, I get on the bus, I'm like, hey, dad wasn't even here to see it, that's awesome, um, I'm going to get away with this, no worries, next day I go to school, find out, or I, I get a call um, to the principal, to the office, And I'm like, oh, well, I wonder what's going on with the office, I get to the office, my coach is up there, and he hands me an invoice from the, uh, from the association, and it's a $50 fine, for misconduct. And tells me that I will be sitting out the next game and I have to run the entire practice that day to just bring my tennis shoes, don't worry about any equipment, and make sure my dad sees the invoice. Needless to say, dad saw the invoice, didn't go very well, that was that. Um, same same time in high school, I am now in the student section of a basketball game, which one of my good buddies played on our basketball team. I'm in the front row of the student section, and now, you know, I. I love basketball, and, and basketball, you go to a student, uh, you know, you go to a high school basketball game that's got two good teams and it's a heated rivalry, you get in that student section and everybody's on top of each other and you're on top of the refs and you're on top of the game, like stuff gets kind of heated, you know? And I was a mouthy kid, as you could probably imagine. Mm. Um, yeah, and I'm on, the front, I'm on the front row of the student section, and this ref is absolutely killing us and every time he runs down to our side of the court, I am in his ear hole. I'm like a junior in high school. And I am in his ear hole, letting him know how sorry he is. And I do it the entire first half. And I'm having a great time. You know, I, I got some I got some honeys around, my boys are there, we're having a good time. I'm eating a pizza, maybe having a little blow pop. You know, I'm having, I'm having some soda. It's a good night. It's a good Friday night. I'm feeling good about myself. I've made a couple funny comments, got a couple laughs, getting under the ref skin a little bit. Halftime comes around, and the uh, our, our guy comes over the loudspeaker. He was from Wisconsin, and he goes, uh, uh, excuse me, could David Barnett please come to the press box? David Barnett to the press box. And I'm like, shh, I just want, I just want a box of Papa John's, guys. I'm like, I'm high-fiving. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go over here and get my box of Papa John's. I get to the press box, and he goes, uh, and he hated me too. This coach, he hated me. Uh, David, uh the coach, uh the, the, the referee requested uh that you, you leave the you leave the you leave the gym. I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna walk you out the gym. Uh and we're gonna need to talk to you come Monday morning. Well, uh okay. Literally get walked out of the stadium in front of all my friends. It was the worst. Um so that was in my you know, that was in my growing up phase. Now I've also been kicked out of three church league basketball games, Mm. um, which I will not go into detail on all three. But I will tell you that the first one was uh, you had to be there, but I got kicked out for arguing fouls, and the ref kicks me out. And in this league, they literally stop the game. So when you get kicked out, they stop the game, and they wait for you to leave the gym before they restart the game. Leave the gym. You can't go sit over on the bench. You can't go sit over in the stands. You can't mull around the lobby. They make you leave the gym.
1: Oh, well, that's what they so do. And that's kicked. what they do in professional sports too. Yeah,
0: whatever. So I didn't know this. So I get kicked out. I'm, I'm Malvin. I'm Malvin. I, he tells me I'm done. Tease me up. Every gym's full. Everybody's you know silent. I. I uh, he, he tells me I got to go. So. I walk. I, I walk really slowly because I knew that they weren't going to start the game until I got off the court. I walk very slowly to the stands, and I'm sitting, and I sit down in the stands, and I put my, you know, my chin in my hand, and I'm looking at the court, and they're all looking at me, and everybody's silent. There's 150 people in this gym, and he's like, "You got to leave," and I'm like, "What do you mean I got to leave?" And he's like, "You got to leave the gym," and I'm like. Uh, Okay, I stand up. I start walking back to the bench. I'm about halfway halfway to the bench, and everyone's looking at me, and the ref goes, what are you doing? I said, oh, I left my keys under the chair over there, and I'm walking, like, super slow intentionally just to make it more awkward and piss everybody off. Grab my keys, and I walk super slow out the gym, and it was like a 10-minute delay just to get me to leave. But it was a great time. I really enjoyed it, like really enjoyed it. And I, I, I can't tell – I don't want to give you detail about the last time, but the last time it was a physical altercation uh, with somebody who was much, much smaller than me. Um, not a child. They were of age. But much, much smaller than me that were being very, very, very aggressive. Like every time I got the ball, this person was basically like dry humping me as I was coming down the court. And, I, and the ref wasn't calling it. And I kept like pushing this person off and like trying to – you know, and I was like going down the court telling the ref, hey, can, sh- can this person not body check me every time I cross half court? And then it finally happened the last time and I just got pissed and I just shoved this person as hard as I could to the ground. They fell on their back. I got teed up, kicked out. Um, and as I'm walking out of the gym, I'll never forget it. I was mad as anything. I punched a vending machine and a sun kiss came out. And I looked at the vending machine and I was like, you know what, of all the options on this vending machine, if I had a dollar, I would have picked a Sunkist, and now I just got one for free. It's a good night. I'm out. And that was it.
1: Okay. Good.
0: All right. So there you go. We've all had our temper tantrums. It's been a long time since I've been kicked out of anything. Those are stories of... I'm 35 now. I think the last time I got kicked out of a game, I was probably 20. I was probably like 25 was the last time I got kicked out of a game. So those were all yesteryear. You know what I mean? I've definitely leveled off since then. Definitely leveled off. You know, you realize that it's just yeah i just leveled off it. some yeah you've leveled off a little bit not by much alright thanks for listening to the Tour Junkies podcast we'll be back next week the Players Championship can't wait it's gonna be a great show it's gonna be really good really really good don't forget to get that Masters giveaway iTunes review YouTube subscribe may your screens be green see ya out